All right, Two TV Sports Tasha Neary podcast is back. We have a special guest host, writer of the Tuesday Morning Blitz, and a member of the Two TV Sports crew. It's Jackson Roberts here today. We're going to go over the NFL Week Three, NBA Finals, MLB playoffs, quick NHL segment. Um, and then back after hitting on two of our four picks, up to 8 of 12 this season, we'll bring you our lock and upset of the week, plus a guest uh, pick from Jackson. But uh, Jackson, happy to have you on the uh, pod today. Boys, it's uh, it's phenomenal to be here. Uh, great to meet Jerry, my co-worker, for the first time. And, uh, and just, uh, just a tremendous opportunity to absolutely crush both of your takes. So looking forward to it. It's going to be cool. a fun one, man. I'm glad to have you here. That article is absolutely banging. Check it out at 2tvsports.com. Coming out every Tuesday, the Tuesday Blitz. But without further ado, let's get into it, man. Week three, the NFL back underway. Yeah, so week three was another fun one. Uh, Jerry wrote a piece on Monday, the not-so-overreactions piece. Wanted to get your your guys' thoughts as two Pats fans. I think Josh Allen is a really good quarterback, and uh, he might be coming for your guys' division there. And so, uh, Jackson, as a big Pats fan, what are your thoughts on uh, how Josh Allen's looked this year? Well, he's clearly looked a lot better, first of all. I mean, he's, he's starting to be kind of in that semi-scary range of quarterback. Um, I'm a big fan of every time he just decides to throw a random lateral, and half the time it goes out of bounds, half the time it hits his running back in the helmet. Uh, that is encouraging as a Pats fan. Looking forward to hopefully that happening in both of our matchups this year. Uh, I would say that it feels less of a certainty as in other years that the Pats are just going to cakewalk to the division, but I'm definitely not at the point where I'm like, it's the Bills are freaking me out or anything. So it's, it's, it's all right. I think the Pats are still the odds-on favorite, if I had to say. Yeah, so firstly, always glad to have another Pats fan on the podcast. Secondly, yeah, I think the Pats, obviously, I think that they're still going to win uh, this division. Um, and then, yeah, I wrote that piece because I was pretty low on Josh Allen. I didn't think very highly of him. I thought I was just another guy with a big arm, you know, not going to lead your franchise. But the Bills have a very, very competent defense, which I think really helps him. And they also traded for Stephon Diggs and have John Brown, so some pretty competent receivers that really help him out. So this year, I think he's going to do really well. But, you know, long term, I don't know if he can carry a team that doesn't actually help him out with a great supporting cast. And so that's what I'm interested to see. Uh, but I think he's done enough to be, you know, a 10, 15 year starter already now uh, based on what he's done this season. I mean, question, yeah. question, are we sure the bills defense is that good? First of all, uh, they've now given up 32 points to the Rams who, I mean, I, I'm not a big Jared Goff fan that can be well-documented uh, and I'll continue to write about Jared Goff as the season goes on. Uh, and then, Given up 28 points to Ryan Fitzpatrick the week before. Uh, it's it's a small sample size, but the Bills' vaunted defense has actually really underperformed so far this year. Um, and of, of the three and O teams, they're definitely not at the higher end for me. Yeah, the Bills' defense is is definitely not uh, legit. One thing though about that uh, Rams Bills game is that they were up 28 three, um, and so while the Rams did move the ball in the second half, like I think the Bills' defense is a little bit better than they showed. Um, but, but Josh Allen is, is going to, you know, he's like, I think he's almost like a better version of Cam Newton. Um, and so I think he's a franchise QB, but, uh, check out the not so overreaction piece on Monday and let's move it over to uh Tuesday morning blitz. Speaking of that Rams bills game, uh, Jackson, I, I saw that you were writing about that game, of course, in the Tuesday morning blitz. Um, just wanted to 
you to fill in some of our fans who may not have read that article on, on your thoughts on that game? Yes, sir. So, uh, I mean, it's, it's tough to say uh, exactly how you should feel if you're a Rams fan coming out of that game. Uh, there may not be that many Rams fans to begin with, uh, given that they ditched their fan base in St. Louis. But, uh, you know, down 28 to 3, and honestly, when have we ever seen a team come back from down 28 to 3? It's just never happened in the history of the sport. Uh, the Rams were one play away from completing that comeback. Um, there's a really questionable pass interference call down the stretch there. Uh, and obviously there have been some questionable calls that went in the Rams favor on the way to coming back. But, uh, I mean, if they just don't toss that flag on fourth and nine, the Rams win that game and they're probably feeling phenomenal about themselves. Uh, and instead Josh Allen gets the opportunity to look great, throws the touchdown pass, uh, and they win the game. So, uh, I think if you're, if you're looking at it from the Rams' perspective, it's it's all about how you respond. They have a phenomenal opportunity to just absolutely destroy the New York Giants coming into L.A. this week. Uh, but definitely a game that you feel like you should win once you make that full comeback and take the lead with a couple minutes to play. Um, so, yeah, that was, that was one of the more fun games of the weekend. Oh, definitely. I, I was writing on Monday that, you know, if they play 10 times, I think it goes 5 for 5. Those teams are so even. You know, I was saying if the, if the Rams stay healthy, you know, have a pretty high ceiling. I thought they were going to make the playoffs now out of that uh, NFC pretty competitive division. So I do like them. Um, but the Bills defense, as you were saying, you know, was suspect. And so that game was, yeah, it really just comes down to that penalty and the Bills capitalized and the Rams didn't. Crazy to almost see another 28-3 lead. Love getting that in there as, as two good Pats fans always will do. Um, the Falcons, you know, continue to be a dumpster fire, but I don't really want to waste any time on them. But I'd rather move to uh, Tosh's Packers and, and the Saints. That that fun Sunday night football shootout. Yeah, so the Packers came to play. For any of you questioning why I have them ranked number two in, in the uh, two TV sports top 25, they showed it. Went, came into New Orleans, uh, came from behind, beat the Saints. Like, their offense is legit. Their defense has playmakers. Um, and I think this Packer team is is the best in the NFC. And, and I've, uh, I said that last week. I'll stick by it. Uh, wanted to, wanted to see what you thought about this game, Jackson. But uh, my takeaway is Packers are the best team in the NFC. Uh, I would tend to agree. I think Packers and Seahawks are one, two in some order, uh, and just based on the level of playmakers that the Packers defense has, as opposed to the offense, uh, or as opposed to the defense on Seattle side, I would tend to give the Packers the edge. Uh, I think it's a little bit of a wash with those two quarterbacks. I think they're both phenomenal, can both take over a game at any point. What Rodgers is doing with some of these receivers this year is truly awesome, and it brings me right back to kind of late 2000s, early 2010s, Brady, uh, except obviously Rodgers is a little bit more uh, dynamic with his feet, maybe a little bit less clutch down the stretch, uh, but he's really taken it to a whole other level this year. He had 146 yards out of Alan Lazard, and that's not something that you would expect of any game uh, from that guy. And then uh, five targets, five completions, 50 yards, and a touchdown to Robert Tanyan, who I frankly could not have told you existed before that game. Uh, It's really impressive what he's doing with that offense. Yes, it is impressive what he's doing with the no-name wide receivers like Lazard and Marquez Valdez-Scantling without Devontae Adams. But I got to ride with my Seahawks here. I have them coming out of the NFC. I know that Russell Wilson has been getting a lot of hype for MVP in the past couple of weeks from a lot of the media, but he would have had six touchdowns if it wasn't for that uh, DK Metcalf mental gaffe of not you know carrying the ball into the end zone. And so I think Russ is on absolute tear. 
Um, he does have a little bit more wide receiver help with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. You know, is a little bit underrated, as everyone's been saying, uh, compared to, you know, the very top guys. They have a good run game in Seattle. Um, yeah, I think it, with, to your point, though, about the Seahawks defense, um, Jamal Adams is a little bit hurt. Uh, Bruce Irvin, you know, has that devastating injury. And so I'm going to have to see how their defense comes together as the season progresses. It does look like they're pretty injury-ridden uh, right now. Um, so I'm okay with the Packers being ahead of the Seahawks in this top 25 for right now based on how they look. What I'm really upset about to jump into it maybe a little bit ahead is how high the Titans are ranked in the top five at number four. I understand that the Ravens lost and the Ravens are ranked fifth, um, but they lost the number one team in the Chiefs. They have the Titans ahead of the Ravens. I think that the Ravens would beat the Titans head-to-head, so I'm not a fan of that at all. Jerry, do you remember last year in the playoffs? The Titans, round one, went into New England, took care of business, ended Tom Brady's reign with the Pats. And then week two, went into Baltimore, took care of business. Lamar couldn't throw. Um, and then the, the conference championship game, they, they were up against the Chiefs. Like, the Titans are legit. Um, whether people in the AFC like to think it or not, like, they're they, – Tannehill's – I mean, running. okay, hold on. Hold it right there. Hold it right there. The Titans beat the Jaguars by three points, and the Jaguars just got blown out by the Dolphins, who I don't think are good at all. So, I mean, yeah, you can say the Titans did all that last season. That's great. Listen, they were an absolutely great team last season, and I have them winning their division this season. But to have them ahead of the Ravens, I think, is just preposterous this season. The Ravens looked horrible to me on Monday Night Football, and, and speak a little on that game. Like, Lamar can't throw. Like, no matter what anyone tells me, Lamar is – on third and eight in a big game when they're down by seven and they need a first down, he's not going to be, he's not going to take a three step drop and make a consistently good throw. And that's going to be their downfall. It was last year. And uh, I, I, I'm not a believer in the Ravens. Yeah. I think to weigh in, I'm, I'm kind of low on both of these teams. I mean, obviously they're both strong playoff contenders in the AFC. Um, I wouldn't put money on either of them winning the AFC title. Certainly this year. Uh, the Ravens, I mean, Lamar Jackson now moves to 0-6 when the Ravens trail at halftime, and he's the starting quarterback. Uh, that includes two playoff losses and obviously hasn't won a game in the playoffs yet. So I think Tosh brings up a really good point there. It's it's a little bit of a concern if your quarterback's not going to be able to make the big throws in the moments where everybody knows the ball needs to come out of his hand. Uh but I'm also very much on Jerry's side with the Titans here. Uh, Titans have won three games uh, against teams that have a combined record of 1-8. Uh, that one win, what was it, the Jaguars beat the Colts week one. And just by three. They just beat them by three. So it's not a very impressive win. They beat the 0-3 Vikings by one, and they beat the 0-3 Broncos by two. Uh, so they've, they're 3-0, but they've not covered the spread in all three games. Uh, even the Bears have a better point differential as a 3-0 team, and I think none of us really believes in the Bears as real contenders this year. Um, and with the Titans, like, yeah, they've had some injuries on their offense, but I don't know who their defense is stopping at the moment. Uh, Minshew chewed them up. Kirk Cousins chewed them up. I mean, it's really it's, – it's a playoff team to me, but it's definitely not a contending team this year unless they really start to turn it on in the back half. Yeah, and we'll keep our eye on that. Um, it was gonna be it was gonna be interesting to see them play Pittsburgh this week, but uh, that got postponed uh, due to COVID. But um, let's talk about um, some of these Week Four games before we move over to the NBA. Number six, New England at number one, Kansas City. Uh, Jackson, what do you think this game's gonna look like for your Pat? Well, it could go a couple ways, obviously, and I think 
the main question we're going to see is, you know, what does that offensive game plan look like coming out the gate for New England? And can they jump out to a, a good start? Uh, we've seen the past couple of years what those matchups have looked like when the Patriots have controlled the time of possession, when they've gotten on board early, they've won those two games, uh, even against Pat Mahomes and that unbelievable firepower of that offense. But if they struggle, if they get behind, I'm not 100% sure. I mean, first of all, you got to keep the ball out of Mahomes' hands, which is going to be extremely difficult once you get behind. And then on the other hand, that offense, are they going to be able to pound the ball like they have against Oakland, uh, like they did week one against Miami? Um, is there going to be the ability to go kind of mid to deep routes with Edelman and Nikhil Harry? Uh, those are my main concerns heading into this matchup, and I think it's uh, – it's definitely the game that I've felt least confident about this Pats team winning in the past you know, few years. But at the same time, I'm, I'm never going to count out this coaching staff. And obviously, Cam's done some great things so far this year. So I still feel like there's a very solid chance we're talking about a Pats upset come Monday morning. Totally with you, man. Love Cam. Love our coaching staff. Totally natural to feel you know, very hesitant and worried going up against the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes, who is definitely the best quarterback in the NFL. Um, that guy can do it all. It doesn't matter who his receivers are. Uh, but instead of going over what you just went over, because I think you made a bunch of great points, I wanted to go over the Rex Burkhead point, which we haven't covered yet. Um, my buddy Ted and I, who has been on the podcast before, text weekly, why do they keep feeding Burkhead? Why do they keep feeding Burkhead? And this is the one week he had three touchdowns, went off, looked amazing. I said, Wow, he made us eat our words this week. Um, but I still like to question the Burkhead usage. I'm hoping James White comes back soon. Um, I know he was uh, out due to um, some family tragedy, so I'm pretty upset about that. James White but, is back this week, did practice today, and will be in the lineup. So that's that's just another piece that you know Josh McDaniels and uh, Cam Newton can utilize in the offense. And But, yeah, I think the main point that you hit, we have to control time of possession. Uh, keep the Chiefs' offense off the field as long as we possibly can. Their defense is, you know, decent, and I think our offense can take advantage of that. But if you're going to get in a shootout with Pat Mahomes, you're going to lose nine out of ten times. So I'm not feeling lucky about that one out of ten. So hopefully we can we can use the run game to our advantage. Yeah, and I hate to be the guy uh, on the pod with two Pats fans who sides with the Pats, but um, I think that this is going to be a close game, and it would not surprise me if the Pats won this game. This ball control offense, their secondary is pretty good. And not to get ahead on the uh, on the picks here, but the spread is seven for the Chiefs, and the Pats have almost never been a touchdown underdog. Um, so if you're into that kind of thing, you might want to take a look at it, because um, when Bill Belichick's an underdog, he tends to do pretty, pretty well. If you'd love to know the last time they were seven or more point underdogs, it was week one of 2017, or no, 2016. Um, and Jimmy Garoppolo was the starting quarterback in Arizona, and they still won that game. So I would not be at all shocked to see them come out on top, but I do think you have to consider the Chiefs. Yeah, and one other big game in the AFC, we've got number eight, Buffalo, at number 14, the Las Vegas Raiders. And I think this game's really going to show just how good the Raiders are, if the Raiders can consider themselves, you know, a playoff team or whether they're just one of those teams that has some good weeks, some bad, will end up going seven to nine and be pretty irrelevant. So uh, I'll be watching the Raiders in Buffalo this week. I think that's a really good litmus test for both teams. You know, the Bills have all this hype. We just mentioned that their defense was a little bit suspect against the Rams, and they're really going to find out what they're made of because the Rams or the Raiders' offense is pretty explosive, even though the Patriots just shut them down. 
um, to beat them pretty handily. Um, and then the Raiders are looking to bounce back. And, you know, if that defense can stop anybody, we know the Raiders' offense is pretty good with Jacobs. And if Henry Ruggs comes back, for sure. Um, but their defense looks just atrocious. So it's going to be a fun one to watch. I, it can go a bunch of ways. I wouldn't be surprised if this one was another shootout. All right, on to the NBA. NBA Finals. Um, game one happened on a Wednesday night, and the Lakers took care of business. Uh, Miami had some injuries in that game. It looks like Bam and Drogic are both doubtful for game two, so Miami might be a little bit undermanned. But um, J. Rob, what are your uh, what are your takeaways from game one, and then? Um, what if you got any predictions and think the Heat stand a chance? What do you you know? What are you thinking for this series? Uh, I love the Heat. I love everything that they've got going on there, but I do not see really any avenue for them to take this series, especially after what happened on Wednesday night. Um, the main thing that I see out there is LeBron. He he heard all the comments in the off season. He heard that he was Hollywood LeBron. Now he heard that. He missed the playoffs, and people didn't think his head was in the game, and they he was focused on Space Jam 2. Uh, and a guy like that takes notes on such things. that He's clearly never played with somebody on the level of Anthony Davis, uh, and they only elevate each other's game. And as much as I love the youth movement in Miami, I love, uh, shout out, D3, Duncan Robinson, uh, first player ever to play in a D3, D1, and NBA Finals game. Uh, but... Truly, I, I don't see this series going beyond five. It could go six, potentially, but I, I just don't think it's a fair match, and I think there's too much firepower on the L.A. side. Yeah, call us an overreaction, but I think the real question is that we need to ask is whether the series goes four or five, not do the Heat even have a chance. Um, they also look you know, decimated, as I like to say, with injuries. Bam is pretty banged up. We know Goran Dragic has a foot injury now, so he might be out. Um, Jimmy Butler rolled his ankle and the Lakers look dominant. LeBron's on a quest. You know, you know that, uh, he wrote down everything and I, I don't even know that he necessarily needs that to motivate him. I think that he wants to get that fourth championship ring anyways. That's why he was so adamant about playing in the bubble, uh, to begin with. And so I don't see anybody stopping LeBron or Anthony Davis, uh, throughout this series. So I think it's just a matter of do the Lakers get a sweep or, you know, do the Heat manage to win a game, but it looks Pretty bleak if you're a Heat fan right now. Yeah, the, and I think the, the Heat injuries are the biggest part. Um, if those guys were healthy, I would not count the Heat out. But uh, without two of their best players, like Jimmy Butler looks kind of hurt too. Um, I don't know if LeBron's or anyone, honestly, has ever had an easier path to the to a finals victory beating a uh, injured Portland team, a Houston team that has major issues, doesn't have anyone taller than 6'5", and... Uh, the Nuggets, who were all right, and then the injured Heat. So um, game one happened, and uh, it looks like the Lakers are going to win that series. Um, it's going to the MLB playoffs. So much crazy stuff right now in sports. You've got NBA Finals, NFL, and MLB playoffs. Um, right now, where we stand is that the Astros and the A's are going to play in, in – um, Round two, we've got the Rays and Yankees, which is a great series. Um, super interested in that one. And then the NL still has to shake itself out, but uh, the Dodgers are looking like they're probably going to win that series and play either the Padres or the Cardinals. And the Braves have moved on. They're in the second round. 
Um, and they're going to play the winner, the, the, the uh, Marlins, who have never lost a playoff series, and the Cubs. So, um, guys, J-Rob, big baseball guy, former D3 baseball star. Um, what is your take about this? What do you, what do you uh, got to say about the MLB playoffs? Well, I'll come out right out front and say that I'm obviously a Red Sox fan. Uh, and my main takeaway from round one was the Yankees look extremely formidable, and I really hated it. Um, that lineup is pretty tough to contend with. You've got Major League home run leader Luke Voigt, who Yankees fans haven't been able to shut up about for the past two years, uh, but with good reason. Um, obviously, the two Giants, Judge and Stanton, uh, both homered in that Indian series. Uh, You've got Glaber Torres looking like he might be out of his uh, season-long slump, who's obviously an exciting young player they've got. Uh, Aaron Hicks can mash, and then I think Yankees fans might be most in love with DJ LeMahieu right now. I mean, that guy won the Major League batting title this year. I know batting average is not the most important stat, but the guy gets on base constantly. He hits all sorts of pesky singles, uh, Gave them the lead in game two last night with a single up the middle uh, in the top of the ninth. And, yeah, they really scare me quite a bit. Um, the only saving grace that I will say about the Yankees is that I think Aaron Boone overthinks every decision. Uh, he really mismanaged the bullpen last night. I'm not even 100% sure why Jonathan Loizaga is on the mound in a make-or-break situation when you have guys like Britton and Chapman at the back end of your bullpen. And then he pinched ran for Luke Voigt in just an inexcusable situation last night. Uh, and Luke Voigt, his spot in the order comes up again, and instead you have to go with Tyler Wade. Uh, it's really just, I, if you let the players play, things tend to work themselves out better than in that situation. Yeah, I, I uh, could not agree more about being overmanaging. Um, I do think that, that the uh, Rays have a ton of pitching. The Rays are, were 8-2 and two against the Yankees this year. Uh, so they kind of have the Yankees, the edge on the Yankees. And so I give the the Rays the edge in that series. And um, But, yeah, the, the Yankees lineup does look insanely good. Um, let's move over to that A's-Astros series. Um, I think this is interesting. Like, the, the, the Astros should really not be in the playoffs. Um, and now they showed signs of life. I don't know if their pitching is going to have enough depth to get through a five-game series. Um, so I kind of like the A's in this one, but um, Jerry, do you have any thoughts on this one? Yeah, I mean, I'm obviously hoping the A's win this one, you know, not hoping the Astros advance. I'm actually with you on this one, Tosh, and I hope, you know, going to the point of that last series about the Yankees, that it does look like the Yankees' death row lineup is back. Man, they can hit the hell out of the ball, which sucks. Um, but, yeah, I like that the Rays kind of have their number, and so I'm, I'm hoping for a Rays-A's ALCS. Um, I've actually been watching a little bit more baseball in like the regular season, which I intended to do. Um, and so I saw that the A's just squeaked by and made it to the second round. So hopefully they continue that momentum um, against the Astros. I think everyone's rooting against the Astros, right, Jarrah? Well, let me just say that uh, I am not as impressed by Carlos Correa is with himself uh, by defeating the Minnesota Twins in Minnesota. Uh, that is a franchise that has currently lost 18 straight playoff games, which is got to be some sort of record, and I've never heard of anything like it. Uh, and he was all 
high and mighty about the fact that they did it in Minnesota. There's no fans, Carlos. Uh, I don't really think that tends to have too much of an impact in this case. Uh, and yeah, they've just been insufferable all season long. There's a total lack of just contrition and being willing to own up to a mistake and saying that it didn't matter and they're still the champs. Uh, so I have faith in this A's team. They just beat a very talented, young, dynamic White Sox team. And I'm not sure if you folks saw the home run that Luis Robert hit today, but holy cow, did that thing go a long way. So it's uh, it's an exciting matchup. I truly pray that my hometown team, the Oakland A's, can take that one. But uh, yeah, I, I just want the Astros out of my life. Yeah, the A's finally picked up a uh, playoff series win for the first time in years. So um, hope they can keep it going. Uh, let's get some predictions out here. Uh, my World Series prediction is is the Dodgers versus the Rays. Just both teams have the most pitching. Uh, with, like, no off days between these games, it's, I think it's really just going to be about who has the best pitching. And uh, those are the two teams that have the best pitching. So, uh, J-Rob, you got prediction here? I think that's the chalky pick, and I do tend to agree with it for the most part. Um, I would, based on what we just saw in that first round, I would not be so, I guess, flippant about the the Braves' chances in the NL this year. Uh, and we know that the Dodgers have a history of screwing things up when it comes down to it late in the postseason. Uh, obviously, it's a revamped roster this year. They've added Mookie Betts. Uh, that pitching staff's phenomenal, and obviously that. Dustin May coming in and being the third starter helps shore things up quite a bit. Uh, but the Braves really did impress me against the Reds to hold a team scoreless for two games like that. Clearly they have two, just a really strong one-two punch at the top of the order, um, at the top of the pitching depth, excuse me. Uh, and yeah, I really feel strongly that the Braves could upset the Dodgers. Um, I don't necessarily think they will, but, uh, and the other point I wanted to make was that I think these three-game sets, I mean, some of them we already knew which team was better, and I don't think that we necessarily need a longer series for Dodgers-Brewers. But Reds-Braves and A's-White Sox were really two phenomenal series, and I'm sorry that they didn't get to be five or even seven games because I think those teams were really phenomenally well-matched, and, and I would have liked to have seen more outings from those pitchers. Yeah, I'll, I'll so, take yeah, three-game yeah. series as an A's fan, but... Uh... But yeah, you're right. Those both of those those series, I think, were were teams that were pretty well matched and equally as good. So um, yeah, Jerry, what's your prediction? So yeah, I mean, you know, not knowing baseball as well as you two, I went pretty chalk at the beginning of the season, going you know Dodgers and Yankees, and I'm gonna stick with that pick. Uh, I think the Yankees lineup is overwhelming, and the Dodgers are just the best well-rounded team in baseball, based on you know what I've seen and what I know about baseball, which is you know a little bit. Uh, but that being said. I think it works out for me both ways. I hope the Yankees and Dodgers don't make it. Um, and so if they don't, I'll be happy. And if they do, then my prediction will be right. So, you know, I think I'm pretty well positioned here somehow. I've uh, managed to work this out pretty well. Yeah, who wouldn't want to see the uh, Dodgers and Yankees choke again? Moving on to the, to the NHL, we're going to do this pretty quickly, but um, the Tampa Bay Lightning took it. Second Stanley Cup. Uh, a hockey team in Tampa is kind of funny to me, but... Uh, Let's see if Tampa can get a few championships here. They're set up pretty well. They've got the Rays as the one seed. They've got Tom Brady in Tampa Bay. They've got the hockey one. Uh, the Heat aren't in Tampa, but in in Florida. So, I mean, this could be a the, – the Tampa Bay fans could be in uh, 
you know, pretty good state after these all these uh, leagues end here soon. So uh, congratulate Tampa Bay on on winning that Stanley Cup. Let me just say, Tom Brady is not in Tampa Bay. None of these teams are in Tampa Bay. The fact that they call all their teams the Tampa Bay blank is really just uh, a facetious lie on their part. Uh, Tampa is the city. I do not understand. There are rarely any examples of this in sports. Uh, there's the Golden State Warriors, and then that's basically it, where teams will just name their team after something that's completely unrelated to the city itself. So I'm frustrated by that, but uh, that's something that people from that region apparently take a lot of pride in. Yeah, Tampa Bay, uh, uh, the region, I, I, it's, I don't know. It, I don't think they're the biggest sports fans. But um, Oh, I but, don't know. I have some. I have a college teammate who's the biggest Tampa sports fan you've ever seen, uh, and definitely celebrated hard the other night when the Lightning won it. So, shout out Holden Bridge. He probably won't hear this, but uh, Tampa fans, I know you're out there. Um, and if you watch the parade they had or the celebration they had the other night, uh, COVID restrictions are off in Florida. It seems. I don't know if there ever were restrictions in Florida. All right. So enough of this hockey talk here. It's good hearing from both of you. But let's get to the locks. And upsets of the week. The best part of the pod. Going to be a good one. I'm going to kick us off here with my lock of the week. I mentioned my team earlier, the Seattle Seahawks. I absolutely love them. Can't get enough of this team. Russ is on a tear. He's on his MVP campaign. This is his year. Now it's not Kyler Murray's anymore. We're off that after one week of the overreactions. Anyways, they're taking on the Dolphins this week. Coming off a massive win against the Jags. They're feeling good. Have a lot of time to you know, prepare for the Seahawks. The spread is six and a half. Normally, I tell you, be safe. Take the money line. You know, it's an easy win for the Seahawks, even though they're traveling across the country. No, 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 my friends. Take the Seahawks on the spread. They're going to win by more than a touchdown. They're going to win by 10 points. Maybe even think about teasing yourself for a higher payout. I love the Seahawks against the Dolphins in this matchup. I think the Seahawks are one of the best teams. I think the Dolphins are so overrated after their win. Can't wait for this to be an absolute destruction of the Miami Dolphins. Yeah, I like the uh, I like that pick, Jerry. I do. Although Seahawks defense worries me, but I like it. Uh, Jackson, you like the Seahawks too? I do indeed. And let me just say, I may not be involved in the locks and upsets on the website. And I know you guys put out that graphic every week, but I will give the folks a teaser to consider, and it will include said Seattle Seahawks. Um, what I like to do if I'm trying to consider, you know, what to bet on what a teaser looks like. Uh, I just take a look at the spreads and, you know, what jumps out to me is teams that I can tease them down to just needing a victory. And if you do a six point tease, those Seattle Seahawks down to 0.5, all they have to do is win. I, I think Gary covered a lot of phenomenal points. I see no reason that the dolphins can match Russ Wilson score for score. It really does just come down to Fitz versus Russ. And I take Russ 11 times out of 10. So who am I going to tease them with? Because obviously we're trying to get a payout here. I love the Packers uh, only minus seven and a half at home against Atlanta. I think for whatever reason, people are still showing Atlanta too much respect. And uh, if you read the Tuesday morning blitz, you would know that the Falcons have now blown uh, 15 point leads in back-to-back fourth quarters. That has never happened before. They've also had at least a 99% win probability in back-to-back fourth quarters and lost. I would have to assume that's also never happened before. So 
I don't see them coming into Lambeau and getting a victory. If you tease the Packers down, all they have to do is win by two points or more. I think that's pretty easy money right there. Six-point tease, 110 to win 100. Now, if you want to toss a third team in there, I'm, I'm looking at the Niners, and they're, they're staring at me. The only thing that's making me hesitate with pulling the trigger on that one is the Nick Mullins factor. But I think we believe in Nick Mullins at this point, and I'm interested to hear what you guys had to think. But I, I don't really see him as much of a downgrade from Jimmy Garoppolo at this point. Uh, he's been really good in 2018. He's been really good this year. I mean, they're not playing great teams, but the Eagles aren't a great team either. So minus seven, tease that one down to minus one. You're looking at a three-team tease that pays out plus 160. So that's all some food for thought for the, my, my betting people out there. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a Nick Mullins believer for sure. I think he might be better than Jimmy G. Um, can definitely make more plays on the run than Jimmy G. But um, the one thing that concerns me about the Niners is kind of the hype after two losses over or two wins over the two best, two worst teams in football. They beat the Giants and the Jets. Two road games, cross country, a ton of injuries. I think they might be a little bit tired. The Eagles have everything to play for. Uh, I think that game might be a little bit closer than expected. Uh, I wouldn't pick the Eagles, but uh, I like I like the tease with just the Seahawks impact. Yeah, that's a that's a great tease. I'm a big fan of that one. Uh, Tosh, what is your lock of this week? So my lock of the week is I'll stay on the Tampa Bay train. Uh, I have them go into the World Series. The Lightning won the uh, Stanley Cup, and now it's Tom Brady's time to. Uh, beat up on a rookie quarterback. They're only getting seven. Uh, they're, they're only giving seven points to the Chargers at home. Uh, the Chargers just came off a bad loss at home. Uh, Tampa Bay's defense, I think, is pretty good. They're going to give Justin Herbert fifths. Uh, Tampa Bay's offense is looking better. The Chargers are missing Melvin Ingram. Uh, pass rush, I don't think, is going to be great on Tom Brady. It wasn't last week on Teddy Bridgewater. And uh, Tampa Bay, I think, is going to win this game by 10 or more. Uh, they're only, they're, you know, it's Tampa Bay minus seven. Bet 100 to win 95. I'll take that as my lock of the week. And uh, moving over to my upset of the week, I'm going with Gardner Mustache Minshew again. He screwed me over last week. There was no DJ Shark in the lineup. Um, but I've got my money on Jacksonville at Cincinnati. Jacksonville money line plus 145. Uh, Cincinnati's just not a good football team. They went 2-14 and 14 last year. Well, Joe Burrow's getting a lot of hype. Like, he's not that good right now. Um, and and I don't think, you know, I think Jacksonville's the better team, especially if they've got Shark. They're going to be motivated. They had a long week. Uh, Cincinnati's coming off of a tie. And, uh, and yeah, I like Gardner Mustache Minshew is my upset of the week. Anytime you're rolling with Tampa Bay, Tom Brady, I like it. I like the money line play there. I like that you had uh, that game as your lock of the week because I actually have that as my game of the week to watch because I want to see what Justin Herbert can do against that Buccaneers defense um, and if that Buccaneers offense can continue looking to progress better and better each week with Tom Brady at the helm. On the other hand, though, I don't like your Jacksonville pick at all. I know that the offensive line can't protect anybody, let alone Joe Burrow, but he was pretty close to getting his first win against the Eagles. And I kind of like him to get win number one against the Jags. I don't think the Jags are very good at all. Um, the Chark addition uh, will help them. But I, I, I like my guy Joe Burrow here. And I know, I know you're high on him too, but uh, you have the Jags this week. I'll take the Cincinnati Bengals in that one. 
Getting to my upset of the week, though, Nick Foles and the Bears over the Indianapolis Colts. Am I confident about this one? Less so than my other upsets, but I want to put some money on this because I want to be rooting for Nick Foles. He gets the job done every single time he takes over the job, and now it's not Mitch's show anymore. I don't have that much faith in the Colts. Tosh, I know you are off of the Colts, and so uh, that Bears defense can hang with the best of them. And so, you know, I like it. The spread's only two and a half. It's not too, too risky. Don't put the house on this one, but I'm taking the Bears over the Colts this week as my upset of the week. I like that pick, Terry. I was actually considering that, just a little bit worried about uh, how Foles is going to look with some pass rush. I think the Colts pass rush is actually decent. Um, and, and yeah, those are our locks and upset of, up, upsets of the week. Um, J-Rob, got anything else you want to uh, throw in here? Let me let me give you a couple to sprinkle that I like that I wouldn't necessarily put a ton of money on, but I like them. Number one, uh, big fan of that Raiders plus one forty at home against Buffalo. Uh, I think the Raiders play their obviously they played their best game of the year so far at home. Uh, it's a new stadium; uh, they're more used to it obviously than any of their opponents. Uh, I do think that the Bills are going to be able to throw the ball on them, but at the same time. I uh, still haven't been impressed by the Bills' defense, as I mentioned. Uh, the only concern would be, in fact, that they seem to not be able to throw the ball to anyone but Darren Waller down the field. Um, the Patriots really said, you know, we'll let Hunter Renfro get his, and then we'll really shut down Jacobs out of the backfield. There were actually a few times they doubled the check down, which was hilarious. Uh, but I do like the Raiders in this one. Bills' run defense has really been porous so far, and obviously Jacobs is a great back. Uh, and then the one more that I'd, I'd maybe think about sprinkling a little money on here, uh, Arizona, given three and a half on the road at Carolina, I kind of like Carolina in that one. I mean, that's a little bit of a stretch, perhaps. Uh, Carolina's by no means an elite team, but they've kept every game close so far. Uh, and maybe throwing the Panthers in a teaser too, and, and making all they would need to do is keep it a one score game with, uh, Kyler, I, I like that one a lot. It's in Carolina, um, West Coast team traveling east, uh, coming off a loss. You know, I, I like that one. So those are a couple more that I'd consider. But I like the Cardinals the Cardinals uh, game, too. I, I actually like the over in that game. I don't think either team's going to be able to uh, stop each other. But uh, that's my extra, extra pick of the week. Yeah, that one's going to be a fun one between uh, Carolina and the Cardinals. Cardinals looking to bounce back there. Before we get out of here, though, I just wanted to uh, go over the Philadelphia 76ers hiring Doc Rivers. Uh, my thoughts on that, your guys' thoughts on that, if you have any. Um, I, I kind of like the hire. I know Doc hasn't been the guy to get it done or put you over the top in the last you know seven years with the Clippers, with Lob City, and now Kawhi and Paul George, although I think that's more of a Paul George problem, really. Um, and I think that you know we talked about whether you trade in Peter Simmons, but now that you have Doc and a much more competent coach than Brett Brown, I think you leave the roster as is, see what he can do with it before you blow it up. Embiid and Simmons are still young enough where we can get this thing fixed. Um, but as a Celtics fan, I'm going to have to root against Doc Rivers and continue to root against the 76ers and hope they continue to implode. So I'm excited to see what it looks like going forward, but hopefully it's not any better. Yeah, I don't have much confidence in that hire. I don't really think he's going to bring anything special to the table and, and fix all their problems. I think it's more of a roster thing, so... Uh, we'll see the Sixers lose in the first round again next year. Um, that's my prediction. Absolutely a roster concern. Uh, you could bring a, a Steve Kerr in there. You could bring uh, a Spolster in there. It 
would not fix whatever the just divide is between those two guys. I, I do not see that working itself out. I think long-term you do have to choose one of those two guys to build around. Yeah, I, I could not agree more. And, uh, and yeah, J-Rob, thanks for coming on. Um, let's make sure to keep looking at the Tuesday morning blitz and uh, keep, keep ourselves updated on that. Um, Jerry, as always, fun to, fun to uh, host a podcast with you. And... Um, and yeah, 2TV Sports is signing off the mic.